Good afternoon. Okay, uh, I was briefly introduced uh, just to a little bit express myself and then to just connect with you. Uh, I thank Richard. He said about something very important. He said about prayer. So let me just express myself by these six or five. Uh, the previous session, Dr. Peter Okalet, he gave us many 3Ds, 3Ds, 3Es, 3Is. You remember those Ds? I'm going to give you another probably five Ps about myself. Will you agree with that? Okay. So the first value for me is prayer. Number one, prayer. Then the second P is purpose. Kingdom purpose. The third P, planning according to the purpose. The fourth P, perform with passion. This is going to be P squared. <laughs> perform with passion. The fifth P, persist until you finish the task. Do you remember those? At least remember me about these five pillars. Prayer, purpose, plan, perform with passion, persist until you finish. May God help me, as what God revealed to my life at the purpose. As I was working as a medical doctor, uh, like in one of you here, I've been praying after I just came to Christ, after I have found Christ as my personal savior. One of the missing elements in my life is the meaning for life. What's all about life? That was missing for me. And then I said, you know, according, I just as, as, as I know, the greatest physician, the person who is so sick for me is the one without the purpose. Without the purpose. Then you know what I, what I asked God? I prayed for this. God, prescribe my life. Give me prescription. You are the greatest physician. And then a very long story. I just couldn't give my, my uh, uh, you know, testimony here. The time is so short to really uh, tell my story, my testimony. But God is faithful. He will answer your prayer. And then he did. He answered my prayer. He gave me the purpose in my life. May I ask one single question? And I just want to see your hand. How many, how many of you in this room, full-time ministers? Full-time, full-time ministers. One, two. The rest of us are part-time. This is deliberately, I just asked this question, you know, full-time and part-time. Who brought this thing? Full-time, part-time. Remember First Peter, uh, uh, Peter said to, in, in chapter 2, verse 9, we are his royal priesthood. Is there any part-time priest here? Full-time priest? We all are his priests. Amen? We all are ministers. Amen? So I just want to really tell you and encourage you there is no full-time. So that's why the kingdom purpose is very important. That's why I brought this. The primary health care is a broad concept. From that perspective, we want to really see what kingdom is all about. If you understand the kingdom, it's very easy to really understand who we are. So most of us, because the kingdom concept was not really preached and really clearly communicated in our local church and everywhere. In most cases, when I see, when I hear preaching, I don't hear this preaching in, in, a, in a really you know, meaningful manner to my individual life. So I just brought this as a professional, as a medical doctor, what does kingdom for me, and what is primary health care, and what's my profession within this context of the kingdom. So I would like you to really look with me into this 
with this, with this uh, uh, king, primary health care from kingdom perspective. Why Jesus, when he just came first, he, he first came with this. The kingdom of God is near. Repent. The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of heaven is near. That was his preaching. John the Baptist, that was his preaching. The kingdom of God is near. Repent. Remember, when Jesus, after his days and resurrection, more than 14 days, he appeared to his disciples and he preached about what? The kingdom of God. Do you think the importance of the kingdom? It looks like for me, 14 days was just a kind of crash program for the disciples. But unfortunately, do you remember the final exam, during the final exam, the questions they raised? When do you restore the kingdom of? Can you, can you finish this? When do you restore the kingdom of? Israel. They were within their own kingdom. They were within own, their own profession. Likewise, we are all the time within our sphere of influence. We are within our sphere of kingdom. We always think within. Within. We don't see the bigger picture. We don't see the bigger picture. So that's why this, this uh, 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 kingdom perspective, it is just like a world view. It's just like an eyeglass. I want you to really uh, revise this with me. So the presentation, introduction, I just want to really show you the challenge in the world and the opportunity. And then do we value the concept of private healthcare and the kingdom? What is the role of the church in the society? Why primary health care is relevant to the mission of the kingdom? And then a conclusion, just to really look at ourselves, to reflect. So let's just see the introduction. I'm sure by now this has been well communicated. Health is a concept which does not merely relate to the absence of disease, of healthy working of organs or having a good thought, health is a holistic concept. It relates to a person as a whole, not just the person you see, but also the person you feel. You have to feel a person. When you just see a person next to you, he may look like okay, but he is emotionally disturbed. He might be depressed. Mental health, these days, it has become a public health problem, when, do you know when we say public health problem, when it becomes more than 10% of the community? Mental health has become one bigger problem today. Mental health is a ch one challenge. Emotional instability, emotional crisis. So then, above all, nobody will see the spiritual aspect. How do we relate with our God? Are you okay? Are you walking in a good terms with the Lord? Nobody cares about that. From the outset, people will look at you and then you are okay. So I think we have to really look the health from the global picture, I mean from the, whole, from the holistic picture, then WHO defines, you know, WHO first came with this definition, still this is the definition of WHO. Health as a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. This is just a concept. This is how WHO defined. What is the missing element in WHO definition? What do you think it is? Spiritual. The spiritual element is missed in the WHO definition. The vision of shalom and the dominion of man over the creation was God's original intent. So when you look at the vision of shalom, the, that peace with God, with ourselves, with nature, that was the original intention. And then the government, the governing power, the authority of man given by the Lord. God created man in his own image and he created them, male and the female. And then he gave them an authority, subdue, replenish, multiply, be fruitful. That was, that was his first instruction. 
You know how we lost this one. After the fall, man has lost to dominate, to govern. Rather, man started to be governed by the environment. The first intention of God was partnership with God. Most of us, we think prayer is started in uh, New Testament probably. For me, prayer started at the very beginning of creation. The partnership. Man create, God created man to partner with him to take care and to preserve the garden, to develop the garden in consultation with his wisdom. So that was the original intent, the original plan, and we lost it. Why? Deception. Still, the devil is still using the same old weapon, deception, temptation, the same trick that he has been using in the Eden Garden, still he's trying to use them. The vision of Shalom was restored. If you remember in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, God declared, he said, the seed from the woman, he said to, to the devil, devil, I promise you, the seed from the woman will come in the fullness of the time and he will crush your head, and you will strike his foot. The head is the authority. You know, if we know chapter 1 and 2 of the Bible, I believe for me, we know the Bible. The rest is the restoration of the program. So, after the fall, Many challenges, but for our context in the primary healthcare perspective. Let me just brought you to the health aspect. Every year, an estimated 358 mothers die from pregnancy-related causes, and 7.6 children die before their fifth birthday. I just want to show you the burden the challenge. The vast majority of maternal and child days occur in the world's poorest country, in particular, Sub-Saharan Africa. Us. This is such as pneumonia, diarrhea, and malaria, and measles, which are no longer burden in the enriched country, are still the leading cause of child days worldwide. You see, still we are suffering from pneumonia, we are suffering from malaria, we are suffering from diarrhea, Amazingly, how many of you have seen, probably, uh, I don't know, ascariasis is just, all of us knows about, uh, know this element, but you know how it causes intestinal obstruction, and then it, it took the child to surgery. The complication of what we think minor. I've seen one case. I just want you to really look at this one. Women in Sub-Saharan Africa have a one in 31 chance of dying in childbirth, compared to only one in 4,300 for women in developed regions. I just want you to think, what shall we do? I just want you to appreciate what shall we do, the concept, what kind of strategy we need to really think. What kind of strategy and intervention we need to think? In fact, in the previous session, Dr. Okelet had been raising the prevention. In fact, he raised uh, about uh, health for all by the year 2000, which we failed, in fact. I'll come to that one. And the preventive aspect of interventions, health intervention in the public health field. So I just want you to think, what kind of intervention, what kind of prevention strategy a lack of healthcare workers, clinics, and equipments. Before that, weak health system. Weak health system. Do you remember that, that card Dr. Okalit showed us? Overburdened institutions. 
physician probably see 40 patients, 50 patients, 60 patients per day. I used to, I used to be, uh, uh, I mean, uh, no more now, I mean, I'm, I'm now working uh, uh, as a regional director and in public health field, and uh, normally I don't really wear that white coat and then be in the hospital, but I, 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 I'll be part of a medical campaign. But in the past, as I was working as a medical, as a physician, I was working as a medical director of the hospital. The challenge we had, the burden we had, we cannot even really take care of the patients that are flowing, overflow of the patients. I was just managing a hospital, one hospital for three million people around with 100 bed capacity. Can you imagine that? Access to basic health services, including immunization and care for expectant mothers. What opportunity do we see? Do we look into, the, do we look into this? If a woman had access to basic maternal health service, do you see the research find out? 80% of maternal days could be prevented. 80% of maternal days could be prevented if just a woman had access to basic maternal health care, to antenatal care to postnatal care. Many of the solutions are extremely affordable, especially for children. Childhood vaccine helps prevent more than 2.5 million days each year. I just want you to look at what kind of interventions that we are really using today. Most of us probably, we have a passion, yes, for clinical medicine. I as well have a passion for clinical medicine, but I, I want you to really look at the preventive aspect of the health. You can imagine 80% of maternal days is an opportunity for us. 2.5 million days each year for children we can prevent. The other important point for investing in the health of mothers and children could have a lasting impact in the world's poorest countries. For me, investing on children is investing on nation. If you invest on children, you are investing on the nation. Children are the next generation of the country. It's the long-term impact. Children who lose their mothers are five times more likely to die in infancy. Can you see? If you just protect the mother, you're reducing this risk of the dying of the kids. Healthy children, for sure, they're the next productive citizen. Why I brought these challenges and opportunity? I just want you to appreciate the concept of primary health care. The reason why I brought this challenge and opportunity is because I want you to really appreciate the concept of primary health care. This concept of primary health care just didn't pop up like this developed as part of a long process of reflection. It took from 1948 up to 1978. I, I just tried to really reflect on some of the major area, the major uh, uh, events. The WHO has come up with the concept of health as a human right in 1948. Then, reorientation of the health service from curative to preventive between 1960 and 1970, these ideas have been promoted. Then barefoot doctors in China, up to 100,000, they trained them for three months. They are farmers. They sent them back to the community to deal with communicable diseases, to deal with on the preventive aspect. But the government of China could not really maintain and sustain this, this thing. Why? We'll just discuss that one. I want you to really look into kingdom perspective. Why we fail on this, in, this, in this primary health care? If you appreciate the primary health care concept, you can really see how it relates, how it relates with the kingdom and its relevance with the kingdom.
for your information, John Brandt and Carl Taylor were members of the Christian Medical Commission, part of the WSCC, Bullet Council of Church, first group to use the term primary health care in 1974. This concept evolved from the Christian mind. I praise God for that. The 20th World Health Assembly declares national program of primary care as, as alternative option. I just want you to really see how it came up. Health for All by the year 2000 was suggested by World Health Assembly in 1976. Then, PhD declaration of Almata, the former USSR, then United Nations and then the other UNICEF, WHO, they just they had an assembly and then they came up with this declaration, which we're going to look at it soon. Why? We have to really look into this concept. I just want to really see this. Primary health care, what is primary health care? Just like, look at it, it's just a strategy. Then, it's a philosophy. Then, just simply just to show you, we'll come to the details, a set of activities. Then a level of care. There are four areas we see. If someone asks us what's primary health care, it's a strategy, accessible, relevant to local needs, Functionality integrated based on community participation, cost effective, characterized by between sectors of society. This strategy links health sector with other sectors of development. Health is not the issue or it is not the only problem to be addressed by the Minister of Health. Other sectors need to be involved. Community participation is there. Cost effective is there. As a philosophy, I can see social justice in this. This is a philosophy. Look, primary health care is a philosophy. How? It is a social justice. The Bible declares about the social justice. The Bible speaks about the social justice. Primary health care speaks about equity, equality, solidarity, all these things are there in, as a philosophy in the primary healthcare concept. I think this concept is originated from the Bible. That's how I see it. You know, God defend the orphans, the widow. In Psalm 82.3, in James 1, chapter 27, when you look at that verse, the pure and true worship to take care of the widow, the orphans. It's not only just to really stay away and be clean from sin. Moses was an orphan. Easter, the queen, who delivered the Israelites God used as an instrument was an orphan. Joseph was a displaced child. God used him mightily. We don't know whom we are dealing with when you are taking care of a child. We don't know whom we are dealing with. Maybe the next prime minister. Maybe the next medical doctor. Maybe the next engineer. Maybe the next architect. We don't know. Pastors, prophets. So, as a philosophy, primary health care needs social justice that marginalize the destitute, orphan and vulnerable children, the widows, people living with HIV AIDS. It deals with that as a concept. Do you see any similarity with the kingdom concept? It's a set of activities, some of them probably put it as a component. Health education is there. Promotion of food supply and the proper nutrition is there. Safe water and the basic sanitation is there. Mother and child health, family planning, immunization, treatment of common diseases and injuries, and provision of essential drugs, like as an eighth component of primary health care. Normally, we don't need simple intervention. I don't know why. We would rather prefer a complicated one. 
in, in, if I just really share you a, a research on, uh, on water insanitation training, after the training, it was given as uh, just your health is at your hand, a very simple one. And then 50% of the participants didn't wash their hand at the end of the training, right there. We, 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 we don't need a simple intervention. Why? So, a level of care at the concept, the level of first contact with the health system, most of the problems are taken care of outside the official health system. So, we have to really address the majority. Many of them won't come to our institutions, health institutions, they are taken care of. If you come to, in, in, in my country where I was, uh, I grew up, mostly people are taking care of their own problem. We do have a coffee ceremony. How many of you do you know Ethiopia, about Ethiopia? So it is a very counseling, a good counseling session. They just share their problem right there in the coffee ceremony. They just talk about it. And then, then some of them may come up even a solution about the area. They won't come to the health institution. They do it. Are we really using this opportunity? In the, pro, in the organization now I'm working with as a life in abundance, we use that opportunity, the coffee ceremony, as an HIV aid session program. So the basic principle behind primary health care, equitable distribution of health care, community participation, health workforce development, use of appropriate technology, multi-sectoral approach. When you think of equitable, it doesn't mean equality, equitable distribution. So who is going to influence the health policy if not Christians, Christian professionals? Who is going to really work or mobilize the community? It, it is quite a challenge. Who is going to really develop health, work, health workforce development? You know, in Ethiopia, in the, in the past, the Ethiopian government before the, 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 this government, they do have many health workforce because of the policy. But when the government changes the workforce, as community health workers, they come down. In each country, if you see, it cannot be sustainable. Why? So who is existing in all system? The church. Be it in socialist, be it in capitalist, be it in any political system. The church is there. Use of appropriate technology, usually, uh, let me tell you ab about this. When you build a latrine for uh, villagers, you know, a village boy came and he told me, you know, you are building this beautiful latrine. Yes, I said, yes. You know, my home is not better than this latrine. In fact, I would rather prefer this latrine and stay there. Have you seen a very beautiful latrine built in a very slum area? People are confused. People are confused. And some, someone, and a boy came and told me, you are, you are building a latrine, yes, but I don't have anything to go to the latrine, you know. I need food. while you are building the latrine. So health is not a single sector's issue. It's a multi-sectorial. Food security is there. So we, our approach needs to be behind this. Why WHO did not attend Health for All by the year 2000? I think we raised this. Why? A lack of commitment and leadership and insufficient policy continuity as, as a result. It is a commitment issue. The initial objective were unrealistic. I tell you, health for all by the year 2000 was not possible. I don't think even by the year two, I don't know. When do you think this can be realized? <laughs> Let me just really forward this question to you. When? 
unrealistic objective. This is an evaluation team organized by WHO worked on this. Then, local primary health care service seen as an inappropriate and bypassed by the community. Usually, community will not come to the lost health, health institutions. They won't come to the clinic. They won't come to the health post. They want to go to the hospital. And then they, 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 they just, for a very minor illnesses, minor problems. Why? Because they think the smaller the institution, the smaller is the quality of the service. That's how they think. That's how they perceive. It is up to us to convince them. Those are the reasons. And then the other reasons, lack of integration between primary health care and other parts of the health and social care. Integration was not possible. I think partnership is a foundation for integration. We have really discussed this very well. Primary health care staff have the wrong skill and are not motivated. I think most of, most of us as a professional and as a clinician, when we talk about prevention, do you know what they said? I, I, I'm trained in, uh, in a medical school. Uh, they call us community-oriented medical doctors. Every year, we'll go out to the community and to do health profile since preclinical one. We'll go out the community, we are attached to the community, we do baseline survey, we follow the community, we, we design, you know, we diagnose the community as we diagnose an individual and we prescribe a program and we follow that program. Every year. And we follow that community. But let me tell you our passion during those days. Nobody wants to do and to work at the community level. None of us. In fact, we said this is just a talk, a mere talk. We don't need to work at the community level. Guess where we do want to work? Operation theater. I'm not undermining surgery. I'm not undermining internal medicine. I'm not undermining pediatrics. I'm not undermining those specialties that are important. But we need people at the community level. None of us. In fact, we are waiting to come to our institutions. We don't want to go out. It looks like, for me, a great commission. Go. Go. We have to go out to reach out to the community. Primary health, so that's why staff, wrong skill and motivated, the attitude was wrong. An effective intersectoral approach has not been developed. That was another reason. Then PHC policy and model are not sustainable. Okay, having said this, let's just relate it with the kingdom. And then if you do understand the kingdom, the kingdom needs to overcome this challenge. If you are the kingdom citizen. Every citizen has the right. I'm sure all of us as a kingdom citizen, I haven't said anything about doctrines, or I haven't mentioned any church, and I haven't said uh, Presbyterian, Lutheran, or this or that church. We all belong to the kingdom. A kingdom is the governing influence of a king over his territory, impacting with his personal will, purpose, and intent, producing a cultural value, moral, and lifestyle that reflects the king's desire and nature for his citizen. In other words, witnessing the kingdom. I don't know if lawyers are in this house, they will, you will help me. If you are in the witness box, during the witnessing, evidence is mandatory. If you become the witness of his kingdom, there must be an evidence. I cannot accept you as a witness unless I see an evidence from the kingdom perspective. 
In other words, if I ask someone and ask you from this room, and then I ask someone and then politely, uh, maybe, I don't know, you may, probably you have seen Richard, maybe you know this gentleman over here, maybe may I ask someone, can you stand up please, kindly? Where is he from? Anybody can Kangas? You may probably guess, but you don't know. When do you know? Anybody wants to tell me? Somebody is from this nationality or from that nationality? Be seated, please, thank you. Please. Just, just can you make it louder and then make the, the phone on? Like what? Where are you from? Okay. Just before you ask, okay, where are you from? He may tell you something probably, okay. Then, then what do you know about that? How do you know if he came from that country specifically? Have you seen people? They, they may tell you they are from Kenya they grew up in the United States. But after you started to talk about with them, you sound like an American. Have you said that? In fact, you look like an American. Why? That's what I want to know. It is all about the culture. It's all about the, the belief. It's all about the value. It's all about the attitude. It's about, all about the, the will. That's what it makes us a citizen. Otherwise, unless that is expressed and evident, nobody knows us just because we said we are the kingdom citizen. No. God established only two priorities for mankind, the kingdom of God and the righteousness in Matthew 6.33. I, I, I just let me tell you one illustration. A person, he usually came, I, I just use this, this, this uh, as, as an illustration because it's it really uh, disclosed the fact very well. A person, he usually wear a black suit and then usually wear a black suit and one, uh, one person came and asked him, hey, you usually wear a black how come? He said, well, you know, I just narrowed my choice and then I only have black suit. So that I do have many, but only black. So he narrowed his choice, he's not confused. So his priority is one. What is our priority? Is it one or many? Is it our profession or the kingdom? In many of us, the challenge is the career. Maybe you may not see this one, but I don't know how far you can see it. The practical kingdom concept is a simple diagram with the three uh, the, the circles that you see, the, 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 the intersection point. It really tells you, these three circles tells you what are the unique needs and opportunity where God has placed us. What is your unique contribution? You as a physician maybe, as an engineer maybe, as a lawyer maybe. God placed you in particular to one places, just he gave you that chance, that opportunity. That local pre predicament, the unique need and opportunity that God has given you as an individual is the first circle. Then the second one is the collective potential. All of us as corporate, together, as an opportunity, God, God gave us this one. What are the unique resources and capabilities that God brings together in us? I think 
we have already discussed in the First Corinthians, uh, First Corinthians chapter twelve uh, during partnership session. Every one of us are important and unique and gifted, and we are needed for the kingdom. Then the apostolic spirit. What particular focus most energize and animate our leadership? What is the motivating factor for leaders? That intersection point is the kingdom concept. What is motivating us? Is it the Great Commission? You know, leaders, what is their focus in the church? Not only in the church, Christian leaders in the faith-based organization that we discussed, is it the Great Commission? Is it the Great Commandment? Is it the Great Concern? I call them the three great agendas. Three G. Great commandment, great concern, great commandment, Matthew 22, 35. Great concern, Matthew 25, 35. Great commission, you will know it, Matthew 28, from 16 up to 18. What is the motivating factor? Is it the kingdom or is it the profession? So, I just want you to look at with me again. The embassy for the kingdom is the church. If, the, if there is a kingdom, there is an embassy. So, what did Jesus say is to be the relationship between the church and the world? Did he say this? Did you see this picture? Do you agree with this one? In John chapter 17. I just want you to reflect on this. Let's discuss please. Anyone wants to say something on this slide? Do you agree with this slide? Who is on his way to heaven. But is all alone. He has no concern with the world. While the world is perishing. He's going to death. To hell. Yeah, as a professional, as a health workers, in the midst of the community we serve. Let's just think this one. We are believers. We are Christians. We know where we go. But look at the world. Where they are heading. Is it what Jesus speaks about? I think no, right? We all agree with this. Let me come with another one. Do you think this is our problem today? Shall we reflect some on this? Conformity. We conform with the world. You know, in church and development, church is categorized in three models. The first one is separation model. Church and development, when you study the church and development history. The second one is identification model. The third one is transformation model. Identification model looks like this one. We just look, just be another hand or we confirm our biblical value principle will be compromised and in fact we are identical in many ways in gay marriage probably what we are facing today to fight with conformity the bible says in Romans 12 chapter 2 don't conform to the pattern of this world. Be transformed with your mind. Transformation is a key. If one is transformed in his mind, in other words, if the word comes and touches mind, and his mind is transformed by the thought, by the value of the kingdom, 
then his emotion will be affected. Then his decision will be affected. Then his action will be affected. Then his habit will be affected. Then it goes towards transformed personality and character. When, when I think of family planning, how do you see family planning? It's going to be a very tough discussion. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish, and then we have to fill the water. And then one of the primary healthcare package, any one of you working in the primary healthcare, anybody wants to reflect on this? Anybody who was working on family planning? How do you see family planning? How do you see the condom? That's why I want to bring primary health care in the kingdom perspective. Anybody want to say something on this? The challenge that you are facing in the church? How do you see discordant cases and marriage? Can you see can you see how we are fighting with the Bible and the principle? And then are we conforming or are we really transformed according to the principle? I just want to leave this for you, and then it is really, really, really uh, an area that we should look into it. I think God and Jesus wants us impacting the world. In the world, but not of the world. In the world, but not of the world. We are in the world as a primary healthcare worker, as a professionals, we can still change the community. We can still impact. One of the challenge for transformation models, they say you cannot do transformation while you are in the world. Do you agree with this? People say there are a school of thought who are thinking about transformation. They say it. You cannot do transformation while the church is in the world because the system is corrupted. You cannot transform. Do you agree with this thought? I just want to provoke thought. The perspective impacting the world I think that is the major role of the church. Gathered for worship and the keeping. Scattered for service and discipling the nation. In most cases, what we call ministry, what we call service is on Sunday. Sunday morning, we are all saints and then we come and then we are good and then we pray and then we are very good. That's when we say that is a ministry. But that is a time God is equipping, Holy Spirit equipping us for the ministry on Monday in the workplace, in our professional area. Scattered for service and discipling the nation. That's how we transform the community. But I don't think this is a reality. That's how I'm challenging myself with you. Why? How do we understand ministry? Is it only on, Monday, on Sunday? Is it only during the prayer time? Is it only during teaching and Bible study? All this is to keep us, not for just considering it as a ministry. So as a professional, how do we see this? For me, 
everyone is a minister full time. Because for me, ministry starts on Monday. If this is the case, if you are gathered and scattered, why the 1014 Windows country still remains a challenge for us? These are 68 countries, unreached countries. Egypt is one. The question was, was, was raised earlier. Middle East, somewhere in Asia, as you can see, and then the northern part of Africa and Asia, I mean, uh, East Africa, including Ethiopia, Kenya, all this. From 40 degrees north to 10 degrees south. Why? If you are scattered, if, if this is the case, if this is the reality, gather for worship, keeping and scatter for service and discipling the nation. If this is the reality, this is still an answered question. So we all need to really look into, and at least if we cannot do anything, how many of us do know about Joshua Project? Those people who are praying for these countries. If you cannot do anything, you can still support those areas through prayer. If you cannot send missionaries. If you can see the characteristics of this, two-thirds of the world's population, four billion, live in the 68th nation of the 1040 window. 95% of the people are unevangelized. 90% of the people are the poorest of the poor, averaging $250 per family annually. 43 of the 50 worst countries in the world for persecution of Christians are here. Only five pennies out of every $100 spent on mission goes to this desperately needy area of the world. Quite a challenge. Then the relevance of primary health care. At least three things lost in primary health care will be integrated. Kingdom mind. You don't see kingdom mind in primary health care. Kingdom perspective is not in the primary health care. You don't see the mind of Christ in the primary health care. People don't see professions as a mission as a ministry, as fulfilling the kingdom business, kingdom purpose, committed as if we are obeying the Lord, not the boss, not anyone, you know, our supervisor or anybody when you make it quite practical. Kingdom mind. The king is the one we need to obey. Not other boss, not the supervisor. Whatever we do, do it in the name of Jesus. That's why commitment is lacking at the grassroots level. That's why passion is lacking at the grassroots level. That's why sustainability is lacking at the grassroots level. That's why intersectoral collaboration is lacking at the grassroots level. The kingdom mentality, biblical mind, transformed mind. So we need to integrate transformed mind in the PHC concept. Great Commission is not integrated. We won't see going out, outreach, immunization outreach program, family planning outreach program. When you go out to the community for survey, we don't use it. For research purpose, we don't use it. At the Great Commission purpose, it is the dichotomy is always there. The Samaritan strategy. Let me tell you a story. When one day I was, I was, just, I was asked by someone and then to come to preach in, in the church about HIV AIDS. Don't you think we have to preach HIV AIDS from the pulpit, at the pulpit? We have to. 
And then I, 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 I just, what is my Bible? I, I just carry my Bible and then I, I went there and then I met the pastor at the gate and, oh, okay, you're here, you're uh, Dr. So-and-so, yes, I am. And you're here to preach about HIV AIDS, yes. I think it's not possible to preach HIV AIDS at this pulpit. Why? If you want, you can take probably 10 minutes or five minutes at the end of the sermon. What do, how do we really see what are we are really addressing in the church? That's why the great the Samaritan strategy came up. Do you know how the, 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 the story started in Luke chapter 10, Samuel verse 35? It all started by one question. It says, how do I inherit the kingdom of God? And then Jesus answers, what does the, the book say? He says, love your God with all your soul, with all your energy. And then he just, he knows the guy, he's, he has head knowledge. They call it Shema. You know, the Jew, they know it by heart. They just say it in the morning and then in the night. And then love your neighbor. And then Jesus says, okay, do it, and then you live. And then the guy wants to justify himself, and he said again, who is my neighbor? Then Jesus came up with the story of the Good Samaritan. One person from, Jericho, from Jerusalem came to Jericho. So in this case, you can imagine there is an element of prevention. If you teach in the church, we can even say, don't go from Jerusalem to Jericho. Prevention is one principle. But we cannot ask people who are at the hand of the robbery, how did you get HIV AIDS? When did you get HIV AIDS? How many partners do you have? Is it because of your sin? Or because of that. That was the challenge. I've been working for the last 12 years in the church. In this program. That was the challenge that we were facing. So, the Samaritan strategy, one of the missing elements in the primary health care concept, as well we have to integrate it. Who? The church. Us. But still, we are being challenged. The first initiative we have to really embrace this strategy for us first and then bring it into the context of primary health care perspective. If you do this, the kingdom mind, the Great Commission, the Samaritan strategy, the result is raising the dichotomy, but we can't. It really takes a time. Then I conclude with this. Therefore, we need to revisit our definition and approach on holistic health. I define holistic health is operationally defined as a complete well-being of physical and spiritual status of individual, family, and community in an integrated and balanced manner. There, is, there are two principles here, integration and balance. Integration and balance. This is how it looks for me, holistic health. The emotional, self-acceptance, intimacy, raised, Stability, purpose in life, self-esteem, and then the social one, role in society, loving others, relationship, acquaintance, freedom, safety, then spiritual, evangelism, discipleship, stewardship, prayer, and then in the physical aspect, shelter, literacy, nutrition, clean water, where you find primary health care coming into the picture in the physical aspect. So when you see primary health care from kingdom perspective, this is how it looks. Holistic health. Now, a strategy towards holistic health is community health evangelism. Just bringing evangelism as a tool to community health. This is just bringing evangelism to community health. I don't want to go to the details of this just as a strategy toward this community, uh, the holistic health is community uh, uh, health evangelism. The goal of this program 
is to establish holistic development ministry whose purpose is to bring together great commission and the great commandment, the missing element in primary health care. The missing element in primary health care is now one goal, to really just find that missing element. The second one, the program is designed to be transferable, multipliable, and sustainable. That is another goal. Then the core value, integration of spiritual and physical, I've already mentioned that, multiplication through intensive training, capacity building through this integrated approach of the church. So far, more than 300 churches have been equipped by Life in Abundance. Where I've been working in Ethiopia, if I tell you, uh, since just now it's, I'm here, uh, in this year, I came, I think, one year since I came from, from Ethiopia, uh, according, if I recall correctly, close to 3,000 people came to Christ. And then 1,500 have been discipled, being a members of the church, recorded, followed. Other than the sanitation, other than the education, other than the income generation activity, around 26,000 people have been evangelized. We target around 300 households under one family, under, I mean, one community. It is a very small project, but the impact is huge. But it needs our commitment and our passion. It doesn't need a rocket science. And community uh, ownership of chair program, and the, not the last, this prayer, I think for me is number one. So, this is the core value of chair. Then, let's bring it to our own as an individual. What is our priority in life? Just let's ask ourselves when we leave, just when you go home. Our profession, career, or anything else, or the kingdom. What is our priority in life? If you want to know your priority in life, think of your time, think of your energy, think of where you spend all you know, your time, your energy, your skill, your knowledge. Just it's automatic. Is the kingdom preached in God-given opportunity as primary health care practitioner? Did you preach? Within. You know, we call it missed opportunity in immunization program. When the mother comes with her kid, we usually ask, is your kid is vaccinated? She said, no, bring it. That is missed opportunity. How many times we missed to evangelize people? Missed opportunity. Then, from the time Jesus began to preach, the kingdom preached in God-given opportunity. So, let's see our opportunity. The third one is the kingdom presence felt in your sphere of influence. I'm sure you remember casting of demons. I wish I could give you testimonies on this, of my own testament, but we don't have time. If the kingdom presence is being felt where we work. Let's ask this question as a conclusion. As a PHC worker, as a community health worker, as a health professionals. Is the kingdom dominating our academic and professional practice? What is dominating us? Neither shall say the kingdom is here or there. The kingdom of God is within us. So are we really influencing? Is the kingdom characteristics manifested in our individual and professional life? As you all know, this, this verse we all know, I believe, God is not meant, uh, is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Is it manifested? Is the mystery of the kingdom revealed to ourselves as we serve the community? He answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it is not given. The mystery of the kingdom of heaven, we can see in the parables. One of the most important revelation I received these days, 
since recently, you know the, 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 the yeast, the small one that we use it for the dough for, to, to really prepare the bread, that yeast is very small. But if you just keep it, if it is not in the dough, it doesn't have any work. It remains in the shelf. You are the yeast, I am the yeast, but if I am remaining in the shelf, on the shelf, if I'm not mixed up with the dough, the dough might be big enough, it might be very huge. The yeast won't be afraid of that. The first quality I have seen from the yeast, that kingdom, that small yeast will not be afraid of the dough, the bigger one, the meal. One, then it is silent without just making any vo noise, touches every meal, yes? You agree with me? I just want to encourage you, <laughs> wherever you are. That is the characteristics of the kingdom. It touches no sound. The third one, you cannot extract the yeast once you mix it. You cannot extract it. The fourth one, just put a fire, maybe persecution. It expand, 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 bigger and bigger, and become a big bread for eating for many. The kingdom is just like a small mustard seed, but you plant it, it become a big tree to be a shelter for many. So what we are, whatever we are doing today, it might be so small, it might be undermined by many, but in the eyes of the Lord, that's how the kingdom operates. So just looking at all these questions again once more, I want you really uh, look yourself and now look myself as well if I get this opportunity, I do, I do, it doesn't mean that I'm different from you. So what's my priority? What is the kingdom preached in my sphere of influence? Is the kingdom presence felt? Is the kingdom dominating? Is the kingdom characteristic manifested? Is the mystery of the kingdom revealed? I think I conclude here. If you have questions, you're welcome.